Good afternoon, guys. Welcome to Seven Foot Heart Podcast on Spotify. We have another episode with a great guy. We have Coach Joe Mead here with us today, one of my good friends. He is a Bronx native and a retired NYC Transit police officer. Coach earned his bachelor's degree in marketing from St. Thomas Acquaintance College, where he walked on playing for legendary Coach Gordon Chiesa. In 1994, Joe received his master's degree in sports management from United States Sports Academy in Alabama. Joe began his college, uh, his, his coaching career at Salesian High School in New Rochelle, New York, where he coached NBA first round pick Eric Mobley. He later coached at Lehman College in the Cooney Conference, where he was voted Conference Coach of the Year. After taking the Lehman Lightning to the championship game in just his second season as head coach, Joe also coached assistant coach at University of New Haven and Southern Connecticut State University. Coach currently holds the position as the Northeast Regional College Scout of the NBA's Utah Jazz. Mead is the founder and director of Hoop Skills Basketball, where he, he runs camps and clinics for the youth. This is primarily in, in Milford, Connecticut. Joe organizes hoops for troops fundraisers for the United States for troops, an organization that sends care packages to the U.S. military serving overseas. Coach Mead also works as an adjunct professor teaching sports management classes at Housatonic and Post University. I want to welcome you. Thank you, guys. Coach Mead, how you doing, Coach? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Just uh, just bypassing the time and trying to get as much as we can. Hope you're safe. Hope your family's safe. So far, so good. Awesome. Hey, no, I want to thank you for being on again, Joe. You know, we met. I met Coach um, at a camp he was running, and I just walked in, and he looked at me like he wanted to throw me out. And uh, we just started talking, we became friends, and I started working with him, and I started doing camps with him, and vice versa, he would help me out, and he's always been a, a great guy, so that's why I actually called you, Coach. I would love to interview, and, and I'm blessed to have you on today. I'm glad I didn't throw you out. <laughs> you were thinking about it. <laughs> hey, so Coach, how did you get into college coaching? You know, I was uh, originally a high school coach after retirement from the police department, I, uh, I started at Salesian High School, and then um, after a couple of years, I wanted to go back into teaching, so I started taking classes at Lehman College, and Lehman had just hired Kevin McGinnis as a new coach. So I, one day when I was on campus, I stopped by the basketball office and introduced myself and told Kevin that you know I had worked in the Catholic High School League in, uh, in New York, and that if he was looking for an assistant, that I, you know, I might be interested. So Kevin and I, uh, reconnected uh, he was in the process of just getting married so he said when I come back for my honeymoon we'll talk so um, Kevin ended up hiring me as his assistant at Lehman College and that was my introduction into college coaching that's awesome and then eventually you took over the coaching career right you, you became the head coach well Kevin and I worked together for two years and Kevin left and then I was promoted to head coach mostly because Kevin endorsed me and, uh, you know, the, the players knew who I was. So there was a familiarity there. And, uh, you know, we had just we had just moved into a brand new arena. So the program was starting to build some momentum um, with Kevin um, in the first couple of years. And then I kind of just picked up where he left off. That's awesome, coach. Hey, when, when you when you coached uh, college coaching, you know, what was the um... – you know, what did you think was the difference between, you know, coaching as an assistant to being a head coach? What was the, how was that transition? 
You know, I started off as an assistant in high school, so I, I was familiar with the role. And it's really more of a, you become a suggestion maker rather than the decision maker. And uh, it was a good experience for me because Kevin was really open to what I, you know, my suggestions. And, and you know, we were, we were trying to work together and, and I was learning from him. And then there were some things that I think, you know, gave Ch Kevin a chance to look at things differently with my opinions. And so it was a good blend because he trusted me and I trusted him and, and I knew he was looking out for me. So, um, you know, I, you know, to this day, Kevin and I are best of friends. You know, he's my son's godfather. I'm his daughter's godfather. <laughs> we're, we're more than just coaching, uh, you know, acquaintances. Kevin and I have become like uh, brothers practically um, over the years. And, and we support close. Yeah, well, like anyone says, uh, I, I interviewed a lot of uh, coaches and a lot of uh you know, a lot of uh, NBA uh, assistant coaches, and I'm getting some D G League guys coming on. And most of the time, when I'm I'm on a lot of seminars now, learning a lot of them saying it's all on relationship, coach. Yeah, and you know it's amazing. Like I've been listening to your podcast, and almost everybody that you've interviewed, I either worked with, knew from uh, you know my experience in coaching, or or you know heard about. So uh, you know when you interviewed Laura Sinto. Laura was the assistant coach at Southern Connecticut when I was working there with Art Leary. Um, you know, Kevin and I go way back. Joey DeSantis, I remember watching Joey play. You know, I'm a Bronx guy. He's a Bronx guy. Yep. He was one He was one of the best shooters uh, in, in the city before they painted the three-point line on the court. Joey was shooting <laughs> from way out there. So <laughs> I remember great. him. We reconnected when he was coaching. He was recruiting a couple of my kids when he was at Duquesne with John Carroll. He was recruiting uh, one of my players at Salesian. So, you know, the, the coaching network and the circle is incredible because everybody knows somebody who knows somebody, and it's Definitely. kind of a neat fraternity. That's awesome. Now, taking on the um, Utah Jazz uh, Collegiate Scout Recruiter now, um, you know, going through that, you know, what makes a great evaluator? What are, what are the things that you're looking for in that situation when you go to these colleges? Well, I, I think it's something you have to kind of learn. And, and for me, it was a real high learning curve the first couple of years because, you know, to understand the NBA game, it's it's totally different than high school and college. So you really have to uh, look for certain things and you, and you learn as you go. And, and I've been really fortunate because a lot of the scouts that were out there, you know, have, we had become friends. And so you listen to guys and you talk to people about basketball and you learn from everybody. I mean, there's so many people out there that have been around a long time in this business, and there's always something to learn from everybody that you meet and talk to. So, you know, when I go to games, I'm, I'm usually sitting in the section with, with, where all the scouts are. So, you, you you know, you tend to make friends, and then and then you just, you know, you're just talking during the game. Sometimes, you, you, you know, you're taking notes, you're learning, you're listening. And it it's, it's a really just an evaluation of, of what you think an NBA skill is uh, that these kids have. And then you look at things like athleticism and then you look at, you know, what they do well, what they need to work on. And then, and, you know, a lot of what we do is talking to the coaches about what the kids are like off the court. You know, as you know, the Utah Jazz have branded themselves as one of the very unique uh, basketball communities. So, you know, we really do a lot of, I would say, extra work on getting intel on the kids and what they're like off the court um, because our brand is so important and uh, our, our community is 
is, is you know they demand that we bring good high character guys in so we don't take any chances with kids if they have what we think are shaky backgrounds or or character issues that might take away from what we're trying to do over there that's great you know watching you know uh, a collegiate athlete play and you deciding whether they're NBA player material or not you know, what's the difference between, you know, I talked about this with uh, Coach Sino as well as, as film and watching them live, as you said about athleticism, you know, it's a difference when you could sit there and see that instead of watching it on film. What do you think about that, Coach? Well, I think seeing them live is different because you can see what it's like when they're not on the camera and you can you can watch body language you can you can see how they interact with their coaches and their teammates you can see how they warm up before the game how serious they are whether they're focusing on whether you know they're kind of on their own or you know a lot of guys like to put the headphones on and isolate themselves there's certain things that i think speak to a player's personality and their character so um when you have a chance to see them at a game you know, you, you get there. I mean, I usually arrive an hour before the game, and then I'll stay after the game. You know, to talk to whoever is around to to speak to about you know to players and the and the, that particular game. So there's so much more information when you're at the game line. Definitely. When you on tape, it's a little different. You know, they have great services that we use and synergy and and, and different uh, things that we have access to where you can watch clips and you can really break things down, and it gives you a feel for what the kids do. Um, you know, in certain situations, so there's there's some value in the in the video, and I think that the combination of the two is really the best way to go. But um, but a lot of what we do is really like right now. I'm just talking to coaches and and, and trying to get a feel for what the the prospects um, are off, like off the court. Are they good students? Has their family background? Do they have you know other issues? What are they what are their hobbies? What you know what do they like to do? You have to remember, you know, you're going to make somebody a millionaire when they, when you sign them on a team. Yeah. You got to make sure you put a million dollars in a in a guy's pocket, especially a 19 year old. You're going to make sure that they don't self destruct. Yeah, know? yeah. You're the first they've ever had any money, so Definitely. you know, there's a lot of things that will lead you to believe that a kid's going to be successful. They're going to continue to work hard and be professional once they get that payday. And you know, a lot of guys make that first payday and they don't get to the second one yep. because how to handle the money and the and the uh, the responsibilities that come with being uh, an NBA professional. Definitely. You know, I remember a couple of times we talked because um, your son, you know, played played on my program and practices with my team here and there. I know he plays up; he's younger, but. You know, there was times you weren't around, and, and I would ask, you know, you or your wife or your son, you know, where's coach? And you'd say, you know, he's at Villanova, you know, with, with Jay Wright. And, and, you know, how does that feel? And going to see the best of the best going to UConn, I know it's locally, but how does that feel when you go see um, these big-time coaches that are at the top in, in, in the world, one of the best coaches to come around? How does that feel when you walk in there and see Jay Wright and see his practices, you know, sitting there and in, in that feeling, you know? It, you know, it's funny because – you know, I met Jay right when I was a high school coach because I used to work at Rolly Massimino's camps down at Villanova when Jay was a young assistant. So Jay and I go way back to, you know, the early 90s. And so the neat thing about it is now, you know, because Jay knows me, and I can tell you one thing, this is a guy who hasn't changed at all. You know, with all the success he has, he still, you know, is the same guy that I met, you know, 20-some years ago. So... It's, uh, it's kind of nice to see a guy have success like that and still remain kind of humble and, and down to earth and, and the same guy that he was uh, when he was just starting out. 
But uh, but it's kind of neat to go to a practice and watch these guys in action because you can learn something, and they're all different. Every every coach has their own you know philosophy, has their own style, has their own practice uh, you know methods, and so I mean it's just great to see how different coaches get get to be successful because there's no you know one blueprint. To, to get there, there's so many different avenues and ways, and everybody kind of picks and chooses the ones that work for them. But it is kind of neat to watch some of these uh, young guys coming up with some of the great practice ideas that they have, and some of the drills and and uh, and things that they do to get these kids better. Definitely. You know, I, I get a lot of people ask me when I dress up for games, coach. They say, you know, you look like Jay Wright. You think I look better than him, or do you think he dresses better than me? I think. I think. Jay's got the advantage of maybe a little bigger bank books. His tailored suits are gonna maybe maybe just be a little bit better than what you buy at the moment. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, so um you know, talking about the NBA, which is great. You know, I I love what you're doing. I know you're on the road a lot. I know seeing you a lot, it's a lot on you. I see, you know, driving a lot and I see you know, you come home and I could tell, you know, you're telling me, you're like, man, I was on the road trip and this and that. You know, how's that physically and mentally, you know, the, the preparing for driving the way you do and, and the traveling, you know? You know, you kind of get used to it. I, I mean, I, I enjoy driving to the games. And, um, you know, the good thing about the, the way uh, the Jazz do it is we have regional guys. So I don't have to fly all over the world to watch players. We have guys in different parts of the country. We have our overseas guys. So basically, I'm responsible for the Northeast. So, you know, my longest trips are maybe, you know, a five-hour drive to Syracuse or maybe six hours down to Georgetown. And, and I have the option. I can fly, but I like driving. I, driving gives me a sense, like, I, I don't have to worry about schedules. I take my own call. Um, you know, I don't have to worry about rentals and all that. And I can leave on my own time. So I, I use the time you know, to kind of get away from things and, and uh, you know, plan my days. And it, it, it's kind of uh, a double-edged sword because obviously I'm away from my family a lot. But at the same time, when I come home, they miss me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it's not such a bad thing to come home from a three or four day yeah, road yeah. trip and, and have a, you know, dinner at home and, and spend time with your, your wife Definitely. and kids. And that, you know, that's it's important. That's fun for me. Hey, Coach, I got to tell you a funny story, and I'll tell everyone that's listening. If you guys are not just tuning in, this is Coach Mead. He's a scout for the Utah Jazz. Um, he took me to Providence to watch um, Providence first Villanova, I think, that game it was. And um, the car ride, I almost threw up going up there, Coach. a little bit long for me. I'm not used to these long trips, but I'm getting used to it. But um, we were up there, and uh, we're sitting, and eventually I came down with you, and I was sitting with you, and... and the game was getting real tight. It was real close. And this girl was screaming behind our ears. And Coach Me just turned around and said, get the hell out of here. And it was the fan section. I was laughing. Yeah, you, sometimes you got to bring earplugs because they're sitting in front of the band or you get a, a loud cheerleader who thinks that the players actually hear them when they feel like the, the only one that hears it. So uh, sometimes you got to move. Sometimes you just got to ask you know, politely, can you stop yelling in my ear? <laughs> Seriously. And they, you know, they, they want to yell, they want to scream. And Definitely. They, they to do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm there as a guest, so I have to watch myself. Definitely. That was hilarious. Uh, coach, so tell me a little bit about the, um, the hoops for troops that you run every year. You know, 
I um, I connected with a guy who's a, a friend of a family member, and he started this organization called United for the Troops. He was um, the dad of a of a U.S. Army uh, veteran who came back from the the uh, Middle East, and and w- when they when he came home, he asked him, you know, what was it like there? So he started telling about all the things that you know they were doing and some of the things that they they didn't have. So he said, well, let's do something about it. So uh, Jimmy Ratchmith was um, the guy who started United for the Troops. He started collecting donations from people and then shipping them to soldiers overseas. So he would uh, get donations, have these packing days where people would box everything, and then he'd have names of soldiers that were overseas that he got, I guess, from the uh, from the military. And so they started this, oops, um, you know, United for the Troops. So, so I asked him, how can I help? He goes, I don't know. If you can raise money, he says, you know, our biggest expense is the shipping. So I said, well, let's see if we can do a clinic. So we started doing hoops for troops clinics where we'd have the kids come in, pay a small fee, and I'd get volunteer coaches. And we'd spend two or three hours in the gym teaching them skills and drills. And then, and then at the end of it, they would write letters to the soldiers that we'd put in the care packages that they sent. And, and it, it was just a great, uh, you know, it was a great outcome. The kids really enjoyed it. The coaches felt like they were doing something good. Awesome. And it was really a win-win. So, uh, so we did a couple of those, and and uh, we're looking to do a, a more as we go. I mean, they've sent over twenty thousand packages in the last couple of years to soldiers serving, and it's just when they they, they send their letters back and and they send pictures and how grateful they are. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a tough job, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I hear you. Coach Bob, Coach Bob loves it. Every time I bring it up to Coach Bob, he's, he loves it. So he's wanted me to tell you that he loves it. Yeah, and and, and if you're a veteran, it really hits, you know touches a place in your heart that Definitely. that a lot of people wouldn't understand. But um, it's just been a, a a good relationship, and it's a it's a win win. Definitely, oh, I appreciate that. It's, it's nice of you to do that, Coach. So um, your camps that you run that and I helped you out with too, the hoop skills. You know, that's in Milford. Um, is there stuff online where guys could, someone could find you if they want to send their kids to camp and, and sign up online? And I know you have a whole bunch of stuff going on. Well, what we do is, you know, we have a Facebook page, Hoop Skills Basketball. And then we have our, our website, hoopskillsbasketball.com, where uh, anything that we're going to run, we put it on the website. And we usually promote it on Facebook. So if anybody's interested in hearing about local events that we run, that would be, probably be the, the easiest place to find them. Perfect. Um, you know, we don't do a whole lot because it's kind of a busy season for me, but yep. I tried to do one camp during the spring break that, uh, that just got canceled because of this corona thing. So this is the first year we haven't had a spring break camp in probably seven years. And then, uh, well, you know, we'll do the hoops for the troops stuff uh, usually in the fall. Sweet. Yeah, so that's cool. We'll get you on, online. You said Facebook, right? Hoop Skills Basketball? Yeah. Cool. Find them on there. Coach, I want to thank you for your time today. Uh, I appreciate you, you know, being on the phone through these times. I know you're busy with family and stuff going on, but, you know, I always appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate you being a good friend, too. Hey, Sean, it was great, you know, talking with you and sharing some of what I've learned, and uh, I look forward to our next adventure. (laughs) And there'll be a part two. Be ready, Coach. (laughs) I will. All right, thanks. Guys, thank you for tuning in today. We had Coach Joe Mead from the Utah Jazz on the line today. It was a great, great interview. 
uh, we're off tomorrow, but Monday we have Adam Gordon. He is the co-owner of the Rising Coaches. Thank you. Tune in for Monday morning. Thank you.